Well, I'm excited to share with you all today. How are you doing? Bless, good. God is good. And all the time. All right. Some of you are new to that, but you're catching on, and that's all right. That's all right. Well, listen, uh, we're glad that you're here this morning. Uh, this morning, we continue on with our message series. I hope you've enjoyed it. And I hope that you're in a season where you're stepping into boldness and allowing God to work in you, heal you, break generational curses, and step into what God has for you. Um, listen, today we're going to get into part three of our series. Um, but before we do that, again, a reminder here of our central passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12. And it says this, since we have such a hope, and I want you to see the author of the, of the book of Corinthians here. He talks about this hope, such a hope, this grand hope, this huge hope. Since we have that kind of hope, we are very bold. We are very bold. Listen, let's take a moment to pray, and we're going to jump right into that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for your word. God, we've woken up this morning. Here we are, Lord, and we're in church, and we're ready to hear from you. God, would you speak to us, minister to us, encourage us, and God, bring conviction, but give us direction, Lord. Father, we need you. We need you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Listen, over the summer, you may have watched the Olympics, and if you watched the Olympics, you may have come across the women's 1500 uh, preliminary race, and it was one of those races where, man, it was just, it just kind of just got me, touched me, and I said, one day... I'm going to share that in a sermon, and that day has come. And so while we don't have all of our screens working, I just want you to focus your attention here for a moment, and I want you to check this video out, okay? It's a couple of minutes. Check it out. Here it is. See, you might watch that race and be inspired. Wow. To fall and to get back up? I mean, that speaks, right? That speaks. I mean, we fall. There are moments in life where we just hit the ground, hit our face, and make a bigger mess than, I mean, than we could have imagined. But sometimes we watch something like that and we think that there's no way that I could ever. I mean, that's cool for them, but for me, how could I ever get up from a moment like that? And maybe it's not an Olympic race, but maybe it's something else in life. And maybe I've put my foot in my mouth, or maybe I've made an embarrassing situation out of it. But how will I ever recover? Or what the doctor has said, the medical report is, how will that ever change? Or my financial situation, or the relationship, maybe it's too far gone. How will it ever work? Well, what are the odds of this ever getting better? You see, sometimes in life, we're faced with impossible odds. What are odds? Odds are the chances or likelihood of something happening or not happening. And sometimes the odds we're, pre we're presented with are very low. Sometimes it seems like it's impossible. You know, this summer, my family and I, we took a sabbatical. And as first part of the sabbatical, we got to travel and go visit some family outside of the country. Now, traveling with five of us, three little kids with COVID can seem like the odds are very, very tough. Everywhere you go, you have to take a COVID test. So you take one test. We ended up having to take three tests every place we went. All it takes is one positive test, and then we're all stuck. It's not like I'm going to say, hey, son, I'm sorry, you got the positive test. We're all going to go. We'll see you, son. I'll leave you here in this country, right? We're not going to do that. Number one, that's not happening. Number two, because we're all together, we're family. You'd all have to quarantine together, so it's not like we're going to go anywhere anyways. 
But as you go from place to place, it can really feel like, oh my good, the chances, we're really hoping, God, you have to come through. I remember we left Nicaragua and we came in, we crossed the border into Honduras and that's where my family is from. And we're, we were there and we got to the, air, uh, the airport and we were going to meet my family, my, my parents and some of my family there on the island right off the coast. And so we get there to the airport and then they put us in this 15 passenger plane, okay, 15 passenger. It got these little propellers that go like this, right? And there's about 12 of us inside of this 15-passenger plane, and five of them is my tribe, okay? So there's another seven, including the two pilots. And, and we're in this plane, and it's just going, brrr, and it's hitting some choppy weather. But inside of here, you got these big windows, so you see everything. It's not like the commercial planes where they got the little windows, okay? You're seeing everything. We're coming over these beautiful mountains, but you're just, brrr, suddenly... As that's happening, all of a sudden we start fishtailing, and it's just like, whoosh, whoosh. your plane is not supposed to do that, okay? And so we're like, whoosh, whoosh. I'm freaking out, okay? I'm freaking out. I'm trying to hold it together. There's my babies. There's my wife. They're looking at me, and I'm trying to be strong. And I don't know, fellas, you've been in a situation where you're just trying to be strong, or you ladies trying to be strong for your family. Don't let them see me. I'm panicking inside, but in, in, I'm trying to be strong on the outside, and that's what I was feeling. <laughs> and I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, I don't know. We ain't going to make it. All the church, the people, God, my house, what's going to happen? You know, we're all together. At least we're all together, Lord. At least we're all together. We're going to hit that mountain. Then we get to where at the water part. I'm like, oh, man, we're not crashing on a mountain. We're going to crash in the water. Who's going to find us in the water? Right? And, and, and my wife, you know, she's over there. She's closing her eyes. She's starting to pray. And the kids, you know, they don't know anything that's going on. They don't know that the plane ain't supposed to fishtail like this, okay? They don't know. And we're going, all of this is happening. And I'm feeling like the odds are against me. I'm feeling like the odds are impossible. Like, who's going to make it out of this? I've seen movies, and they don't make it out of this, right? All of this is happening. But we're here today, so you know we made it. Amen? Praise the Lord. <laughs> and I told my wife, we ain't never doing that again. Never, ever are we doing that again. But sometimes, because of the way that life hits, the odds don't look so good. Sometimes we wonder why God chooses to do one thing and not another. And we look at the situation, God, why did you do it over there? But why, God, did you not do it over here? And we, and we wonder about our chances, and we, we wonder why God does certain things. But is that the end of the story? See, one of the things that the Bible teaches us is our part in faith. And today we're going to dive into a passage of scripture where it really seems like the odds were impossible. And we find this today in Luke chapter 8 and in verses 40 through 55. Now, you might be very familiar with this story, you may be not, but inside of the story there's also another story, but we're not going to get into that other story, we're just going to read on the other one. So it says this in verse 40. Now, when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting. See, Jesus had crossed the Sea of Galilee. See, on the Galilean side 
of, of the lake, there was all the people where Jesus had done signs and wonders and miracles, and there was this great faith, and people were seeing all this kind of thing. On the other side of the Sea of Galilee, there's where Jesus was from, and they weren't kind of believing, and some miracles happened, but it wasn't as many. And so as Jesus comes and docks on this side, everybody had welcomed him. They were expecting him. And in verse 41, 41, it says this, Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And then there's a pause in the story to talk about a woman who had the issue of blood in a very powerful story. And Jesus heals her. She has great faith, and it's amazing. We're going to keep going here in verse 49. This is this. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead, but asleep. In verse 53, they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead, but he looked but he took her by the hand and said, my child, get up. Her spirit returned. Okay, I want you to understand this. Her spirit returned. In order to return, that means her spirit wasn't there. It means it was there. It means it left, and now it returned. I want you to understand the power that is being released, the miracle that is taking place, the faith for it to happen. And at once she stood up, the Bible says, then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Let me recap this a little bit. Here's this synagogue leader, this Jewish religious man who comes in the middle of the crowds, and he comes and he pleads at the feet of Jesus. He says, my daughter is dying. Jesus is all around with all the crowds. Here comes this woman with the issue of blood, and, and, and he's dealing with all these things. The odds are really stacked against him. All these things he's dealing with, all these things are happening, and now he takes time to heal the woman, all these things, and he's, he's dealing with all of this. There's a lot happening here. The situation could feel a little impossible because you're here this morning, you say, well, you know what, I know what the Bible says, and we just read the story, and it's wonderful, and there's a happy ending, but if it was me, I'm not sure the miracle would take place. If it was me, I'm not sure God would show up in that type of way. See, the Bible says this about faith in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is the confidence, right? We understand confident. When you're confident about something, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. So would you say that with me this morning? I don't see it, but I believe it. See, this is what faith is. So how do I have bold faith in an impossible situation? How do I have bold faith in an impossible situation? Well, the first thing is this. I have to unashamedly bring my concern to the feet of Jesus. I unashamedly bring my concern to the feet of Jesus. You see, the Bible says that Jairus was a synagogue leader. 
And what that means is, and we actually see it there in verse 41, he's a synagogue leader. Jairus, a man named Jairus, synagogue leader, came and fell at the feet of Jesus, pleading with him to come to his house. You see, what this means is that Jairus was likely a Pharisee. A Pharisee was a religious leader, meaning he's a Jewish man who's a Jewish leader. Pharisees were part of four groups that made up the, the council of the Sanhedrin, this council. These Jewish religious leaders are the ones who gave Jesus the most trouble. These are the ones who were eventually crucified him. These are the ones who gave trouble with Peter, James, and John, and Paul, and the rest of them. These are the religious leaders. This is who Jairus is. This is his background. And this man, this religious leader, this is man is the one that comes and falls at the feet of Jesus. Could you imagine that there with me for a moment? There's the crowds, there's the people, and here's Jairus coming back from this background of everybody who hates Jesus. But listen, watch out. Uh, what are they going to say about me if I go over there? What am I going to say if I go and fall at the feet of Jesus? They know me as a, as a tough guy. They know me as a, I'm strong, I got a hard shell. What are they going to say if I humble myself? Uh, uh, what are they going to say if I fall at the feet of Jesus? He gets all the crowds in front of him, and here he is with his background. See, bold faith isn't worried about who knows that you're running to Jesus. Bold faith isn't worried about who knows that you love God. Bold faith isn't worried about if people know that you read your Bible or not. If God is your God, then run to him. Run to his feet. Be unashamed about it. Bring it to Jesus. You see, one of people's biggest mistakes is they don't bring it to Jesus. They don't bring it to him. They say, well, well, he knows everything, right? He knows what I'm going through. But yet the Bible teaches us over and over to, to talk to him about it, to share with him, to ask him, to ask him, to ask him, to plead with him, to share your concern, to take it off of your shoulder and to hand it over to him. You know, some say, well, I, I, I did pray about it. Oh, yeah, what did, well, what did you pray? What did your prayer look like? Oh, just when, in the moment I kind of said, oh, my God, what just happened? Well, I'm not really sure that's a prayer. That's more like borderline using the Lord's name in vain. Or, or, or praying, you know, I, I prayed and I said, God, what's going on? I can't believe this. Well, I, I think that's a good start, but I think there's some more to it. See, the Bible asks us over and over to pray. In fact, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says this, do not be anxious. We know anxious feelings, don't we? We've experienced some anxiety, haven't we? It says, do not be anxious about anything, right? Not just the small, don't be anxious about the small things. Is that what it says? No. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. Let your request be made known to God. See, the Bible's saying before you get all crazy, but before you, before you start just, listen, announcing it there, before you just kind of go off the hinges, before all of that happens in your life, bring it to Jesus. Pray. Express your heart. Express your need. Now, how many of you have been anxious before? You've had anxiety before, right? See, anxiety will lead to feelings of being overwhelmed. Anxiety, suddenly I'm, I'm feeling overwhelmed. See, once I'm overwhelmed, it'll, it'll lead to confusion. 
I'm not really sure about everything. And then from confusion, it's, it's, it's going to lead uh, uh, to, to doubt. I, I, I doubt myself. I doubt the people around me. I doubt that God can come through in my situation. And then doubt is going to lead me to just want to give up on everything. And, I, and, and I'm just done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. But where it began is an anxious thought. Where it began is this anxiety, these feelings that, that, that I didn't bring to the Lord. I didn't let him have. See, by praying, you are saying that, God, I have faith you can do. Not that I can do this, but, God, I believe you can do it. God, I believe that in a supernatural way you can step in and handle it. I'm God, you know what? In fact, I'm gonna get out the way because sometimes I just get in the way of things. So, God, I believe that you can do it. So, when you come before the Lord and you pray and say, God, I believe you can do this, you're saying that. God, I believe you can do it. God, I know you can do it. And some of us, you need to be reminded of that this morning. God can do this in your life. See, what would it look like if we all ran to Jesus first? What would it look like? You know, my wife and I were, were raising three kids and and a teenager, and you know when you're when you're raising kids, and all of you get this right, many of you get it. It's uh, there's daily lessons. There's a whole lot of lessons. Right, just parenting, right? And we're teaching them that whenever they get hurts, or whenever they're going through something, that we want them to come and tell us right away, right? Maybe they got hurt. Maybe somebody said something. Maybe something happened. But they, we want them to come to us right away. Here's what we don't want to happen as parents. We don't want them to go through something and us hear about it way later down the road. And as a parent say, man, I really wish I would have known about this sooner. That way I could have stepped in and helped. I could have gave you the advice. I could have helped steer and navigate the situation. Now, a lot of times what happens is parents will say, of course my kids know they can come to me. Of course they know. I mean, I've never told them that, but they know right? I'm their parents. Of course they know. But listen, unless they've been taught, they really don't know that. And it's the same with us and God. See, what we forget a lot of times is that God wants us to come to him at the beginning. God doesn't want us to go through this situation, be a hot mess, try this, try that, make the situation worse, and then finally, Lord, would just step in and help. See, he wants us to tell him when it happened. And sometimes we need to be reminded that God wants you to know that you're not alone. And in fact, you don't have to go through this by yourself. And in fact, God cares about what you're feeling, about what you're going through, how hard it's affected you and your loved ones, everything that comes with it. We have to know that we can go to him in the beginning. Listen, we don't know the complete story with Jairus and his daughter. You know, maybe there was a freak accident and, and he just ran to Jesus as, as fast as he could. Maybe he, he believed in his heart and he just, he, just, he just ran, where's Jesus? I gotta get to Jesus. I know I'm part of this Pharisees and these religious leaders, but I just gotta get to Jesus because my baby girl, I believe I gotta go. Maybe that's what happened. You know, my youngest daughter, she's one, she's almost two, she'll be two in November, but Whenever she gets hurt, she'll come to me and she'll say, Daddy, owie, owie. And I'll say, Mama, you got an owie? And I'll say, okay. And I was like, so I'll rub it a little bit like that. And I'll, I'll give it a little kiss. And I'll say, okay, Mommy, no more owie. No more owie. You're all better. 
you're all better. And, and then she'll, she'll say, Daddy, owie, owie, over here. And, and, and so I'll, I'll look at her and I said, you, got, you didn't even get hit there. And she said, owie. And I'll, so I'll, I'll rub it a little bit like this. And I'll, I'll kiss it. And I'll say, okay, Mommy, no more owie. And then she'll say, Daddy, owie, owie. And she's like, Daddy, owie, owie. And it's, it's funny and it's cute. And we love that she comes to us for those things. And we want her to. We want our kids to. We want them to come to us. We want them to have the freedom to, and we want them to do it at the beginning. We don't want to be in a situation where later down the road, then they'll come, then they'll tell us. When everywhere inside, they made a left, they made a right, they turned this way, they went down this road. They never had the freedom. They never had the open door. Of course they know they can come to me, but unless they're taught. Brothers and sisters, you can run to Jesus. You can run to our Heavenly Father at the beginning, in the beginning, and save yourself from the heartache and the pain and the left turn and the right turn and the steps backwards and everything that you're going through. Everything. See, sometimes uh, we we, got to go for advice and sometimes for a Band-Aid and sometimes for these different things. You know, in teaching your kids this, you know, we understand that one day they might become young adults and they might, you know, come to us and say, hey, mom, dad, can I borrow some money? Or we're going to say, hey, let me see your tithing record first. Hey, come on, somebody. (laughs) But we want them to know that we're there for them. And it's just like that with our Heavenly Father. He wants you to know that he's there for you. And I think we've forgotten that message. In verses 41 and 42, it says this. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, right? We got that part, comma, came and fell at the feet of Jesus. Could someone say that with me? Fell at the feet of Jesus. It says this, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl about 12, was dying. See, the man's daughter is dying, and where does he go? He goes to the feet of Jesus. The Bible says that he pleads with him. You see, pleading isn't casually throwing it out. Well, God, you know, if you got some time, you know, it'd be great. You know, would you just kind of check out my situation? Would you just kind of, uh, you know, give it a second pair of eyes, evaluate it, see what you think? Right? That's, that, that's, not, that's not pleading with Jesus. That's not coming before him. It's, it's just, God, if, if you got extra time, I just want to let you know, guys, I want to put you on notice. I'm going through something. No, pleading is stopping and pausing, and God, I need you now. It's not, I got so much going on, I'll pray later. I'll pray later. See, if you want bold faith, you have to unashamedly bring it to Jesus. Plead with him. Let him know your trust is in him, that you believe he can do it. He can handle the impossible. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares. I ask each and every one of you this morning, do you need to run to Jesus this morning? Do you need to run to him? What's it, what is it that you're going through? Do you need to run to Jesus? Is there something this morning that you need to pause, stop, and talk to God about? Maybe there's been so much going on, but you need to stop, pause, and talk to him about. Do you need to plead with Jesus this morning? Do you need to just stop with the I'm tough on the outside and just plead with Jesus this morning? You see, this is the beginning of bold faith in impossible situations. I unashamedly run to Jesus, and secondly, I don't fall into the negativity 
around me. I don't fall into the negativity around me. Negativity is like a huge pit. It's like this large, large pit. And when you fall into negativity, it is really difficult to get out of it. It's like the rain is coming and the mud is sliding and you're trying to pull yourself out. I believe I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, I think I'm okay. And you're trying to get out and you can't get out. You can even have other people trying to pull you out of negativity. Come on, come out, you can come out, sister, brother, I'll pull you out. And it's tough. And if you've ever tried to pull somebody out of negativity, you know it's not easy. You know it's difficult. You know that it's, it's a battle. It's not easy to do. You see, the Bible says in verse 49, it says this, while Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and says this, your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Don't bother the teacher anymore. See, right when Jairus' faith was rising, Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus already began to go on his way. Oh my goodness, okay, you know what? Jesus is going with me, okay. Okay, I, I, I believe he can do this. My, my, my faith is increasing. My faith is rising. I, I believe that God can do this. He's owing. And then right in that moment, it seems like that's when negativity hits you, right? It seems like right when your faith is rising, it's just you get that negative Nancy voice or your own thoughts, and they just begin to haunt you inside, and you're just dealing with it at the worst possible time. I remember when I was first applying to be the pastor here several years ago, I, um, I went through a season of waiting. You apply, and then you go, and you preach, and then there's just a long season of waiting. And if you've ever been in a season of waiting in your life, you know how difficult waiting can be, right? Waiting is not easy, right? There's all kinds of thoughts that will run through your head. You'll wonder, and you'll question, right? We get antsy. We get excited. We get nervous. We're not sure how to feel sometimes. I don't know. What should I do? And I remember the specifically, I remember the date that the church was going to vote on me um, to come and to be the pastor. And I remember that particular day. I remember I was at my church, and I remember talking with my pastor, right? He knew about everything. It was going to be this clean thing, honoring thing, it was going to transition. This is what God was calling me to do, and it was this beautiful thing. I did it the right way, right? And so I'm, I, I'm there, and that particular day, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, my goodness, no one's going to vote for me. I'm not even going to get a single vote. Right, or maybe there's gonna be two people that are gonna vote for me, and I'm just not gonna win. And I remember having these feelings like, oh my goodness, uh, maybe, may, maybe they think I'm too young. Maybe I don't have enough experience, or, 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 or maybe the last time I went and preached, I didn't preach good enough. I should have said this, or I should have said that, or the altar call should have been long, or I should have just did something else, and they're not going to vote for me. I'm, I, it's just not going to work out. And immediately I caught myself, and I said, Jack, cut it out. Stop it. You can't think like that. Stop it. Focus on the right things. Trust what God has told you. Trust what God has told you. You know, I think about Jairus and Jesus. I think about this moment where all of a sudden these negative words just kind of hit Jairus. He's excited because Jesus is going. See, I want to I look a little bit deeper into this passage. What did Jesus tell Jairus? In verse 42, because his only daughter, a girl about 12, was dying as Jesus was on his way. Would somebody say this with me? Jesus was on his way. 
You see, the Bible doesn't speak to the specific conversation, but it does say that Jairus pleaded with Jesus, and it does say that Jesus began on his way. I want you to imagine the moment. Jesus uh, is surrounded by the crowds, and here comes Jairus, this synagogue leader who comes from this background of persecuting Jesus. He doesn't care. He unashamedly runs to the feet of Jesus. And, he, and, he, and he's there, and he says, will you help me? My daughter is dying. And Jesus turns to him and says, I can feel your and some of you, I want you to know this morning, God can feel your faith in this room right now. He can feel your faith. And turns to Jairus, and Jairus says, I do believe. And Jesus says, let's go then. See, we're in a season, brothers and sisters, where it's time to level up the faith. Some of you have come here this morning because you need to believe. You want to believe. You do. In your heart, in your mind, you want to believe. You want to have great, you want that. And others of us, you do believe. But it's really a time for you to level up. It's a time for your faith to increase, for your faith to take off, for you to have bold faith, even in impossible situations. You see, Jesus reminds us this in Luke eleven nine. 9. I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it'll be opened to you. Ask, seek, and knock. You see, Jesus pleads with Jairus. But there are so many in this world who are waiting for a good God to show up. But they won't fall at his feet. They're not willing to fall at his feet. They're not willing to plead with him because their, their pride is in the way. I'm, I'm going to what? God is, I go to church, God, What? Do what? But he tells us, ask, seek, knock. They won't do it because of pride. See, what you hope for is possible, but your faith requires action. Plead with Jesus. Plead with him. Ask him and ask him again. Jesus tells us in Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, here it is, here it is. Believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Bold faith shuts out negativity. There's no room for negativity because I believe, right? Negativity, you don't have any back up negativity. Not today, not today negativity. You, there's no room for it, right? Because you believe. You have to believe. Bold faith believes in impossible situations, and it shuts down negativity. See, how do I have bold faith in impossible situations? I unashamedly run to Jesus, and I don't fall into the negativity around me. You see, these two things will change everything for you. They'll change everything for you. But I also understand just human to human I understand that sometimes it's hard to believe when you just got hit, when you just got faced with the news, when you just received the information. You know, Jesus had a few friends outside of his disciples, namely Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Those were Jesus' folks. Those were his people. You look at the scriptures, he hung out with them. They were also disciples, but they were also his pe people that he was, he was comfortable with. One day, Jesus is out with his disciples, and he's doing some ministry, and he gets some news that Lazarus is sick, and he dies. 
Well, this touches Jesus emotionally, and so he begins to go on his way. Well, when he has arrived, when he arrives, this, these are the words, these, these, this is what's told to him. In John chapter 11, verse 21, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been there, my brother would not have died. Sometimes we're just like Martha. Sometimes we believe there's a limit to what God can do. God, I believe you can do it. It's not that I don't believe. It's just that over there, come on. I want you to see here in verse 32, that same chapter. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet. How beautiful, right? And said, Lord, if only you had been there, my brother, my brother would not have died. Jesus, you can do it, but now it's too late. I, I bring it to your feet, Jesus, but even doubting at the feet of Jesus. Praying and not believing. Brothers and sisters, are you following this more? Sometimes we'll pray like Mary. We'll bring it to the feet of Jesus, but we still don't believe that he's going to come through. We still don't believe that he's got it. We still don't believe that all things are in his hands. We still don't believe that he spoke and it came to be. We still don't believe he can do it in Jairus' life. But if that was me, I don't know if God would show up. I'm talking to you this morning about having bold faith in impossible situations. In verse 39 and seven verses later, Jesus gives instruction. He says, roll the stone away. Roll the stone aside. This is the stone that was the burial tomb of where Lazarus was at. Jesus said, roll the stone aside. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. I mean, talk about just completely not believing that Jesus can do the miracle. I mean, I mean, more concerned about the smell than what God's about to do. If Jesus said, roll the stone away, then let him roll the stone away. If Jesus said he's got it, if you've received a promise for him, then receive it for your life. Let God work in you. Let God do the thing. He's God, not you. Let him have his way. There's one more verse in this passage with Jairus and Jesus and his daughter I want to share with you. In verse 50, hearing this, the negative report, Jesus said to Jairus, Do, don't be afraid, just believe. Would you say that with me? Don't be afraid, just believe. Jesus tells him that she'll be healed. See, some of you, fear has gripped you in the situation. Fear of the unknown has gripped you. But hear Jesus' words this morning. Don't be afraid. Just believe. What's happened in the relationship? Is it too far broken? Is it too far done? Can it not be fixed? He says, don't be afraid. Just believe. What's happened with your, with your body and the medical report of that family member? What's, what's going on? Don't be afraid. Just bring it to him. Bring it to him. Plead with him. Plead with him. What's happened with your financial situation and the economy and the job and all the... Don't be afraid. Just believe. I'm asking you to level up. See, this is where God would level up, bring you... You believe that he can do these things. I'm asking you to believe that he can do these. Be, don't be afraid. Just believe. So here's my challenge for us this morning. The first part of the challenge is this is I want you to read verse 50 out loud to yourself every day this week. 
if you need to cut it out, if you need to put it on your refrigerator, if you need to post it on social media, if you need to, uh, you know, put it on, on your fridge, on your mirror, in your bathroom, I want you to read verse 50 out loud to yourself every day this week. Don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe. I'm challenging you to do this. That means you have to get it together, plan it, organize it, get it going. Would you do that every day this week? Read verse 50. Don't be afraid, just believe. And secondly, the second part of this is I want you to come up for prayer if you need bold faith in an impossible situation. See, I'm talking to you about unashamedly coming to Jesus, pleading with him. Who had every reason to worry about the people around him was Jairus. This Pharisee, this Pharisee religious leader, everybody around him, he could have said, nope. Nope. What will they say? What will the Pharisees say? What will all the people say? What will Jesus say? Jesus is probably going to say, what are you doing here? Out of all people, what are you doing here? That's not what happened. God's arms are open wide, and you fit right in. There's a spot for you. Let's take a moment to pray. The worship team's going to come up, and then if that's you, I invite you to come forward. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. God, we thank you, Lord, for what you're speaking to us, for what you're challenging us to do, God, for what you're encouraging us to do. God, you're calling us to have bold faith in impossible situations. God, sometimes it's really difficult and there's a whole lot that's happened, but we want to believe you. We want to level up our faith. We want to grow and become stronger and more connected with you than ever before. God, we want to believe you for the impossible things, Lord. God, we worship you. We praise you. We bless your name, God. Oh, Heavenly Father, we give you glory.